when the person you're counting on doesn't live up to your expectations on today's episode of Harmony Springs Christian Church Podcast. So uh, we're all on the same page. I'll give you a little bit of an introduction to this. And then today is the start of this sermon series. The idea behind this sermon series, and my thought as a pastor, is that you all get to hear from me 52 Sundays a year, right? And every now and then here at Harmony Springs, I think it's important because I've known you and uh, walked with you long enough now for us to hear some from each other. And the idea behind this series is to embrace that concept, I guess. And so what I've done is I've, the last few weeks, I invited, I sent out an invitation or gave you all an invitation to participate in this sermon series by coming up over the next few weeks. We have like six weeks of this, I think, or so. It takes us into, almost into November. So by the time we get done with this, you'll be putting up your Christmas tree. I don't know, but depending on when you do that, I guess. So the idea behind this, and I put out this invitation, is that you would come forward individually, sort of one at a time, week by week, with a prepared story, sort of in line or with uh, this, if you've ever listened to the Moth Radio Hour on NPR, uh, actually I just caught this yesterday, they were telling, this, uh, telling a story, and I've told you this the last couple weeks, but if you ever listen to that, you can pull up the podcast too and listen to it or look at their website. It's like the moth something other.com, you know. Uh, but the idea behind this series, which started in New York in 1997, was that people would come up and tell their story in a way that sort of engaged people, right? And they gave some people some guidelines or tips on how to tell a story that really draws people in. And then uh, hopefully at the end, there'd be some sort of nugget of truth in the midst of this story, right? That's essentially what most of the Bible is in itself, isn't it? It's a compiled storybook, essentially, right? And we preachers at our simplest form our storytellers, right? Maybe, in my opinion, in our best form, our storytellers. We here at Harmony Springs fall in the line of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, and we love to claim one of our most famous preachers, Fred Craddock, right? Google him if you've never heard of him. Uh, Listen to one of his sermons. He's no longer with us, but you can probably find his sermons all over the place. The times I've heard Fred Craddock preach, all he is is a, all he was was a great storyteller, right? He just started telling stories, and then in the midst of this sermon slash story that he was telling, he just sort of intertwined or interweaved this great truth that all of a sudden would just sort of hit you on the forehead, right? And that's what made him so great because you were just sort of entangled in the story he was telling. And then all of a sudden you were just like, whoa, he just spoke some truth to me right now, right? And I just thought I was listening to a great story. So we may, I am not on the level of Fred Craddock. Don't think that you have to be either, those of you who have volunteered to come forward and tell stories, but we're going to do our best as a church to share stories together. And then I think we've done this from time to time, sort of interacted as a church during our sermon, a sermon part of our service here, but my idea was we would keep these stories, sort of hear these stories together. We may hear towards the end a nugget of truth that the person telling the story has to share, but then there may be something in that story that you were listening to that you just thought, wow, Like, that speaks to me right there. 
uh, like whatever happened in that story, right? And so I want to, at the end of every story, give you all a chance to just briefly sort of say, share, here's an, I just heard this in that story that they just told, and man, this is a big insight that I just, just stuck with me. Right? So that's the concept, that's the idea, that's what we're gonna do. It starts today, and I thought since I'm the one forcing you all to do this, I ought to be the one also to start the series together, to sort of set the stage for this. So I've decided though that I'm not going to be the only one telling this story, so uh, I enlisted my wife to come and tell this story. Because as I jokingly said last week, I could tell a story, but sometimes we preachers we, we make the stories fit what we want to say, right? But Emily remembers this story correctly. So I'll tell you my... Yeah, make sure the facts are straight, right? I'll give you the mic here. I will, uh, I will tell the story as best I can, and Emily will correct me along the way, I think, is how, that'll, how that will probably work. So, all right. Emily and I had been, this happened about 10 years or so, or go, give or take. Emily and I at this point had been whitewater rafting on our own a few times. And when you first go whitewater rafting or start doing that, it's probably best to keep it simple, right? So you go to a place, go whitewater rafting where the class of rapids are manageable, right? But this was our third or fourth time going whitewater rafting, whitewater rafting, and we invited the church in Worcester that I was an associate pastor at the time at to come and participate in this. And we drove down to Ohio Pile, Pennsylvania, and got ourselves into the midst of, uh, I think, what would turn into be a bit of a situation. So <clears throat> I think, I guess I want to start the story by saying this. I think every whitewater rafting trip sort of starts out the same way. They, line, they give you the safety vest to put on, you go pick out your oar, right? And then 10 or 12 of you, or however big the rafts are, take your raft, get it down along the river, and you're all sort of strung out. They line you up around your rafts, right? And with safety vest on, oar in hand, with the river sort of looming over us, right? And uh, it's, it's kind of like um, when you're in sports and you're in gym class and everybody lines up and you want to pick your team. So who's going to be in your boat, right? So you want to pick. And what's the yes, best, yes. what's the biggest part about whitewater rafting? You don't want to fall in the water. So that's what you're trying to avoid is falling into the water when you're, um, you know, getting around the twists and turns and by the rocks. Yeah. In this moment, when you're all standing there, like that sort of gym class scene that Emily described, the main instructor, the person in charge, stands up in front of you and says, basically this laundry list within like 10 minutes of how you're gonna not die on this trip, right? <laughs> and so like 10 minutes of advice is gonna save you from 
some sort of catastrophe that's going to happen, right? But it's like basically just the most basic instruction to keep you from, you know, in uncertain death, yes, uh, or drowning, right? So they start going through this list, and like Emily said, one of the biggest things that they tell you is stay in the boat. Like, don't bail out. If you can avoid it, don't fall out. Because one, uh, I think it's a selfish motivation for those instructors because they don't want to have to rescue you, right? They don't want to throw any uh, ropes or life rafts in at you. But it's also safer to be in the boat, they explain, than it is to be floating in the river through the rapids outside the boat, right? And then they go through some instruction on like what you're supposed to do if you fall in the river. You're supposed to put your feet up in front of you, right? And sort of lean back and just try to do your best to go through those rapids that you happen to be in. So we have a friend named Tom, and Tom is tall and thin and strong. He's probably the strongest, physically strongest person that I know. If you need to move a refrigerator, like at our last church, Tom was the person that you called, need a wall torn down, Tom is the person that you called. Tall, skinny, you know, we joked that he was like a baby giraffe out walking around. So Tom was in this row with us, all shapes and sizes, everyone getting ready to get on the boat. So it was Joel and I and Aaron and Adam in the back. And I think we had one or two other people um, we had, and we picked Tom to go on the, on the boat with us. We also had Tom's brother, I think, who was with us. And so, of course, we're thinking, oh, Tom, like, we're not going to have to do very much work on this raft. He's going to carry us. He's strong. He's, I mean, just crazy strong. So we're thinking, like, this, this is the boat to be on. Tom's in this raft. I want to be in this raft with Tom. And it had rained a lot, so the water was a lot faster than it usually is on the river. Um, so you could see kind of the rushing water behind us. So we're all getting ready in our boat, and we're like, all right, this going to be easy. We have Tom. And they didn't have enough instructors for everybody that was going to be on the river that day. So they needed a, I think they needed a volunteer, is how I remembered it, of a raft that wouldn't take an instructor along and would just follow the directions of the boat in front of us. So we're like, all right, we've got Tom. We, Joel and I have done this three times. We don't need an instructor. That's fine. We'll yeah. just listen. You guys just go ahead. We'll follow behind. We've got Tom in our boat. We're going to be good. At this point, I think it, it's important to reiterate how important, how strong and sort of the physical appearance of Tom. Like, we, we all had no doubt that Tom was going to smoothly navigate us through anything that we might experience. Tom, for a living, he's a mason, not the kind of weird hat-wearing mason, but like the one who actually builds walls, right? So he's strong, right? Seven feet tall. The man is huge. Like, and... When they ask for a volunteer to say, like, you know, we need a boat that's not going to have experienced instructor in it, we thought, we got Tom. You know, we can do this. All right. You know, that's, that's fine. So it bears repeating that Tom, uh, in our minds, was the one who was going to see us through anything that we might come into uh, experience on this trip. And most of the instructors are like young lith college students, right? So we're all in the boat, we're getting in the boat, and we're um, having some difficulty, and we're going to get towards one of the bigger rapids that we're going to have to go through. And there's a large boulder that you have to paddle towards, so it kind of goes away from all of your instincts. You have to paddle fast and hard towards the boulder to hit the water right to go through the rapids, which was when we first started having some trouble in the boats. Yeah, so the instructor set us up for this particular rapids uh, because we didn't have instructors. So in the previous one, the previous ones were like, they just start you out to build your confidence a little bit, I think. Like, it's really nothing much at all, and you just kind of go through. And this was like the third or fourth set of rapids. And they told us, like, basically just watch what we're doing in the boat in front of you and try to do that, duplicate that as much as possible. And then 
then they sort of yelled out at us across boats some simple instructions that we should follow for this particular set of rapids. And like Emily said, so there's this huge boulder sitting in front of us and goes, it went against all of our instinct and we found out Tom's instinct as well because he told, they told us paddle as hard as you can and as fast as you can. Well, one, like your instinct is not to paddle hard and fast towards a boulder, right? But that's what they told us to do. And, and then get as close as you can to the boulder and then essentially sort of turn your raft, go down this little dip in it, and then you'd come back up, right? So the best way to say it is that Tom's doing the exact opposite of every single thing. As that we got started, us. yes. He decided he was doing it his own way. So they say left, Tom paddles right. They say, um, you know, hold your paddles. Tom digs his paddle in. He's like, I'm not going to listen to these guys. I'm doing it my own way. And we figured out he was freaked out. He'd never been whitewater rafting. He was freaked out. So anytime the water's even remotely getting rough, instead of you know, digging deep and paddling, Tom is literally jumping into the center of the raft that, that, that's then pushing our sides of the boat up and we're all like tilting inwards and then trying to paddle while Tom is sitting in the middle of the raft. Yeah, just imagine that for a second. Seven <laughs> foot strong, built, muscular guy who you were expecting his force would be directed towards the oar and paddling. Instead of that, him jumping into the middle of the boat and sort of like a sandwich, just making our boat sort of... We're just folding up. We're folding up like a sandwich. We were folding up like a sandwich, yes. And I think at that point, you know, the rapids are loud, everybody's yelling and screaming, and I think I just kept saying, Tom, get up on the side of the raft. Get on the side of the raft, Tom. Tom, what are you doing? Right? So Joel's yelling at Tom, and I'm pretty sure Adam was yelling at Tom too, and so is Tom's brother. Everyone's yelling at Tom to get out and paddle, and the instructor on the raft ahead of us, they're getting closer to the boulder, and they're trying to you know, manage their boat and also yelling directions back to our boat, and our boat's just a hot mess. Nobody's paddling together. Everybody's yelling. It's getting real tense on, on our boat, and Aaron and I were hedging bets over who could fall out, who, who could take the hit so that then we could get off the boat. Like, who could we sacrifice to be done to get off the boat? <laughs> Guess who that person was? <laughs> so, in the video, there's yeah. video evidence of this. So, we're um, getting close to the boulder, and we actually, instead of going around it, we crashed directly into the boulder, which is pretty dangerous, but at the time, it was, it was funny how the whole situation was happening, because it was the opposite of what we thought. So, Joel's sitting behind me. He actually slams into me and hits me with his paddle, and then it looks like in the video, this is exactly what it looks like. It looks like I go like this, and then all you see is Joel's arms and the paddle up in the air as he's falling backwards into the water. Because in that moment, with Tom sitting in the center of the boat weighing us down, you can imagine as we slam in to this boulder, that sandwich effect that we were already experiencing was just like, we were basically just everybody just hit each up. other, right? And then, and of course this was the one that they were taking a video of that you could buy after, after the trip was over, right? So as Emily described, that's exactly what happened. I was, sitting, I was sitting behind her, Tom weighing us down in the middle. We slam into this boulder. All of I lunge forward with everybody else and then the boat sort of expands again, and in that expansion, ejects me right out the back. Uh, there was no holding on at that point. Like, I was gonna, I knew I was ending up in the water, and that's exactly what happened. So Joel's floating down the river, and we have to go and pick him up, but now we're kind of in trouble because not only is Tom not paddling and not listening, but we've also lost Joel, who was kind of the main paddler on the left-hand side. Yeah. 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 
when we got when we got done with the, we made it through the rest of the rapids on that trip. But when we got done, and as Emily said, they show you this video. You sort of all come into this little cabin place, and you can watch this video, right? And as we were all gathered around watching this happen, what it really looked like on the video, which is not what was really happening in the video, but it looked like as I lunged forward and got ejected out the back, Emily, I think, was trying to lean to grab me. But on the video, what it looked like was it looked like she was actually pushing me out the boat. I didn't push him out of the boat. <laughs> and everybody kept saying, can you replay that last three seconds again? Because I think Emily's pushing Joel out of the boat right now. Even the narrator is saying, hey, hey, what's that person doing? They're pushing that guy out. In, the, in that moment, uh, after I was ejected and then the shock of that, and then I'm trying to follow the instructor's instructions as much as possible and float down the river with my feet up in front of me, I was just sort of watching their boat and the wreckage of the mess that uh, people had fallen out and the boat was floating down and I was floating on myself. And in that moment, I think I just realized that, like, if this is going to happen, we're not going to be able to depend on Tom to get us through. If, if we're going to navigate these rapids, the people we need are us. Amen? Harmony Springs is a progressive community of people who gather to be inspired by spiritual truth. We find that truth in ancient scriptures, the wisdom of each other, the beauty of song, and the centering practice of meditative prayer. Join us on Sunday mornings for a cup of fair trade coffee, spiritual discussion groups at 9.30 a.m., followed by our gathering at 10.30. I'm Pastor Joel Langman. Thanks for listening.